How's it going, Publius? It's going, Mod. It's going. Uh, feeling excited about uh, the status of BIP22 and BIP23, which both seem to have hit quorum in the past couple of hours. So that's exciting, and they, they only have like two, two and a half hours left. So uh, down to the wire, but uh, cool stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that and see that as well. And I guess maybe bit participation would be one of the topics that we can discuss today as well. As always, everything is on the table. Sounds good. Okay, before we start off with questions, and we already have a few of them in the town hall chat, and to everyone who's joining us now, please feel free to drop your questions uh, there. Um, can we maybe look into a quick summary or a brief summary of what happened the past week uh, on the protocol uh, level? So the joke on the Discord that you know the stablecoin is too stable, uh, and, and that's what we have seen, uh, and you know, uh, good, good, good to hear uh, as well. We had an incident uh, once where we uh, there was a relatively large exit, uh, uh, you know, that that left uh, left the protocol. And we also saw uh, how Beanstalk handled that. C can you maybe take us through the week and, and that specific incident as well? Sure. So too stable is uh, probably not the case. Uh, the, you know, in terms of good, better, best, the thing that's staring us in the face is that because you have a fee in the Bean3 curve pool, that there is some friction around maintaining a perfect peg. So while the Delta B has been very close to a dollar basically every season within a couple of thousand, with the exception of that one season uh, that you mentioned, uh, it's, been, it's been a low volatility couple of uh, days. And nonetheless, the bean supply has continued to grow slowly but steadily. There have been mints relatively consistently, and I think generally low volatility, positive carry is the name of the game. So an exciting week overall, and as we've spoken about, the, the, the longer the contracts are up and running, the, the better we can all feel about the model and the security of it, but this is a long-term game. So we're only about a, a little over a week into this collectively now. There was one exciting event, which was that there was a large withdrawal of around two and a half million uh, BDV, most of it in, in liquidity, uh, from a single wallet that was uh, that the money had come in after the, the replant. And so there's a couple of things that are noteworthy. One is that the price went down to 92 and a half cents or so. Uh, because there was about 1.3 million beans that were uh, sold or sell pressure in practice. So the, the Delta B went to negative 1.2 something million beans and was quickly converted and bought back to peg within, I think it was like 15 minutes or so, uh, which was pretty exciting to see the convert in action. And that that was a in and of itself an exciting event now the the reality is that the the system did mint like two two hundred thousand soil i think it was and we saw that soil quickly get sown but the reality is that since the price had already returned to a dollar the system probably didn't need to issue that much soil 
And so that's one place where there's a potential efficiency improvement, which is that uh, if not the using the minimum of the current delta B and the time-weighted average delta B, because that can be manipulated perhaps using like a five-block average right before the sunrise or something like that, where uh, if the prices return to the peg at the end of the season, Beanstalk doesn't need to issue as much soil. But that would be the only inefficiency that was really on display in that case and generally thought the system performed pretty well given the circumstances. Now, since then, the price has been pretty much steadily at peg and uh, the reality is that there aren't too many other assets to be sold uh, given that the, the most of the assets are still unripe and the chop percentage remains pretty high. So that's a brief overview of what's been going on over the past week or so and generally pretty exciting. Is this a good example of showing uh, um, that's how stockholders are providing utility in the protocol where they're not just like staking uh, their tokens, they're actively participating in peg maintenance? Definitely. And whereas normally I think you think of the pod holders or the, the lenders as the ones creating the utility because that's where a lot of the stability comes from. Now with Convert having such a meaningful part in peg maintenance, stockholders are also starting to create create their own utility because they obviously have been exposure to some capacity. So it's creating utility by providing a peg maintenance support. Great. All right. Uh, w- wanted to uh, discuss a little bit uh, one of the topics that are being discussed uh, under the governance uh, channel, which is uh, now is being called the Dutch uh, auction uh, uh, for soil. Uh, and we've previously touched on, on this idea before, which is on the start of every season, uh, the temperature would start from zero to the current temperature, and there would be you know, an auction on whoever buys soil first at, at the lowest temperature uh, uh, gets it. What are your thoughts uh, uh, on this being uh, a priority to Beanstalk? Would this right now save uh, you know, that uh, to Beanstalk, or is it not really you know, where we want to put our focus on? So at the margin, that is probably somewhere that the amount of debt Beanstalk is issuing can be minimum. So at the moment, the temperature is like 5,400%, uh, and it's, it's coming down and has been coming down for a couple of weeks if you go back prior to the replant, but nonetheless remains pretty high. And if you look at the, the implied temperature based on the price of the beans in the pod marketplace, it does seem that Beanstalk is overpaying somewhat significantly uh, in order at, at the moment. And so the concept of introducing some sort of, and I think a duck, Dutch auction generally works as a structure, uh, is an interesting way to minimize the cost of lend Beanstalk borrowing beans. But it's not it's not so gas efficient to implement. And so implementing a, an, an on-chain auction every hour is, you know, it's, it's interesting, but probably not, probably not a priority at the moment, but definitely something to think more about. It's an interesting concept. All right. Let's talk a bit about the BIPs uh, and, and participating in BIPs in general. Since Unpause or even before that, uh, let's say since maybe even before Exploit, uh, Beanstalk has a lot of BIPs uh, that gets you know uh, proposed. 
uh, and so far uh, uh, the BIP uh, for a BIP to, uh, to to pass it needs you know a relatively high quorum, which is fifty percent four. Uh, and most, uh, uh, say, all BIPs have passed uh, in general, but we've seen lately that might what we might think or see as uh, like a voter fatigue. What are your thoughts in general about how BIPs are right now? Um, there have been some ideas, uh, uh, you know, proposed such as a vote dele uh, a delegation. Another thing that we can do maybe is reward, you know, voters. So if you vote, you get some sort of a reward. Maybe change the voting system completely. Someone posted on the governance uh, channel an idea about, you know, a different sort of voting called apparent consensus. And we can talk about what that is like. What are your thoughts in general on our current system, uh, the bit participation, and if it, if it needs any amendment or changes? So in general, it's important that systems that are trying to create money like beanstalk are not easy to manipulate or change the the money policy the monetary policy if you want to call it uh of the system the goal is to have beanstalk be difficult to change and the concept of a 50 percent uh, requirement of voting in favor of a change to the protocol is is not a requirement per se, but is certainly a way to ensure that the majority of the uh, value held in the system, or at least in the in the silo, is aligned with the direction of the changes of the protocol. And to some extent, whether a, a third would be sufficient as opposed to a half, maybe. But again, the goal is to make Beanstalk difficult to change. And so unless the proposed changes to the protocol are really attractive uh it's the goal is not to have beanstalk be easy to change so there needs to be compelling reasons to change the protocol now delegation reality is that there's nothing that you can do to prevent someone from at some point creating like a, a wrapper such that there is delegation but that is is one of the places where i think we were were very hesitant to encourage that in any capacity because at some point, then you do have a centralization and decision-making. And while it may encourage higher participation in terms of total stock, it's likely going to encourage much lower participation in terms of uh, users and significant stockholders that are paying attention to governance closely. So historically, uh, perhaps with the, the exception of a couple of BIPs, uh, it doesn't seem like participation has been the main issue. and having people actively vote uh, at the threshold of 50% stock and the fact that the vast majority of BIPs have passed that threshold, it, don't think it's fair to classify the DAO as having a participation issue in any capacity. So recognize that the votes are stressful and there's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. And if, if they don't pass, it can be like, well, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, like, why, are, why is anyone working on developing this stuff if then the DAO is not going to just vote for it. But at the end of the day, making sure that the DAO is comfortable with with the changes is essential. And uh, what that threshold of approval is perhaps can be changed depending on the type of change, right? Over time, uh, maybe adding a token to the whitelist, is, it requires a different threshold than changing a, a rule of the monetary policy. So there's no right answer, but think that in general, keeping with a higher threshold is going to uh, help ensure the integrity of Beanstalk and of Beans as money.
what about rewarding those who vote? Can we think of you know voters as also like you know participants, and and the the protocol would reward you if you vote? Is this something? Well, there's a couple sense? problems. One is if if you have permissionless governance where anyone can propose a BIP, now anyone can propose a BIP and then vote for a BIP or vote against a BIP and collect some sort of reward from the system. So the question is, well, what BIPs are entitled to rewards and that's where you start to lose the permissionlessness. So not sure that's so easy to do. Yeah, that's a very good point. All right, we can start with some of the questions. Uh, and we have a comment on an earlier uh, thing that we discussed, which is, I think, the, the gas in, how gas-intensive a Dutch auction would be. And Alex proposes a solution that the function can just read you know, uh, the time of the season, so it doesn't have to like, actively uh, calculate. Okay, Excelad asks, do you have you know, uh, like a simple explanation of how the A parameter uh, in the curve pool impacts uh, the delta and how that would impact also uh, minting? Sure, so the, in practice, the A parameter determines how close to a constant product or a constant sum the, the invariant on the curve pool is. And the higher the A parameter, the closer to the constant sum uh, formula the pool is. And what that means in practice is that when you have a higher A parameter, given a, an imbalance in the pool as a percentage of the pool, the price is going to be closer to the peg. Uh, and for a lower A parameter, uh, given that same uh, ratio in the pool, you're going to have a, a price that's further from the peg. And so the question is how, how to have the price change in line with the, the ratio in the pool and whether you want the price to be sensitive to changes in the price, excuse me, changes in the ratio of the pool or not. And th there was a lot of discussion that happened around what was the appropriate A parameter for the B and three curve pool and an A of one was selected, which is slightly more uh, concentrated around the peg than is a constant product pool, but not by much. And in practice, that means that there is a decent amount of bean price volatility for a given ratio in the pool or imbalance in the pool. And the fact that the bean price has been so close to the peg despite uh, having a relatively low A parameter is very encouraging from a peg maintenance perspective. So if there had been a higher A parameter uh, when, when that $2.5 million withdrawal of LP came, a higher A parameter would have resulted in a lower uh, deviation in the price, which would have made converting less attractive. So one of the benefits of having a lower A parameter is that converting is attractive for stockholders and there is a way to uh, make additional stock by participating in peg maintenance actively. And as we were talking about earlier, when you consider that there's a fee in these pools, uh, having a lower A parameter where you have more price volatility can help offset the, the fee, the friction from the fee around converting and peg maintenance. So a lower A par parameter is helpful for a lot of different reasons, particularly when you consider that Beanstalk is trying to oscillate the bean price above and below the peg not have it just stay flat slightly above or slightly below the peg like a lot of other stable coins. Okay. Uh, 
Hattie asks a few questions. Maybe we can take them uh, one by one. Starting off with the with the bean ETH pool, when that is introduced, how will the delta be calculated or derived across you know the different pools? So it's likely to be a similar calculation to the one prior to the to the replant for the bean ETH pool, which is the ratio of beans to ETH relative to the ratio of USDC to ETH in another pool. Uh, and that will be the way to figure out whether the price of bean uh, is too high or too low relative to ETH and, and by how much in the pool. Okay. Second question is uh, about the Beanstalk DEX. So last week we had uh, a good overview. Uh, um, is asking uh, if you can like, you know, summarize that again and then include if there have been any new developments to the Beanstalk DEX. So at, at a high level, the DEX is going to be, we think, a liquidity vacuum within crypto. And the reason for that is that there's so much friction around trading at the moment as a result of trading fees that don't need to exist. And when you consider that beans, due to their positive carry, are the most attractive stablecoin to have different assets trading against, when you combine liquid pools with uh, zero fees using the uh, Beanstalk native DEX uh, becomes quite attractive. So there's not too much to, to give in terms of an update. Development is well underway on the first pool, which will be a constant product pool uh, of Bean, Bean ETH. Uh, and uh, from a, a lingo perspective, uh, thinking of calling them wells instead of pools. And the concept there is that uh, wells constantly replenish, uh, and particularly replenished when there's rain. And when, when there's rain, there are beans minted, and the beans are constantly replenishing the well. So that would be the only update, and it's not really a substantive one, but, but uh, nonetheless, we, we, we like uh, continuing to play on the metaphor. I, I look forward to how well becomes you know, a coin in, in DeFi. Any updates on Root? Mr. Manifold, you're, you're in the audience if you'd like to come up and share that. Let's see. How are you, Manifold? I'm doing good, Mod. How are you? What's up, Publius? How are you? All is well here. GM, sir. GM, brother. Uh, so on the root front, it's looking like root is going to propose a BIP. Uh, within the next week or so. Um, one of the things that we want to be able to facilitate is uh, a fungible deposited bean. Um, and in order to do that, um, there are some uh, upgrades uh, and updates we're going to kind of need to request uh, from Beanstalk. Uh, and so that is probably the most important update on the root end and something, uh, Harry, to keep an eye out for uh, in the coming days. It'll likely be BIP24. Thank you, Manifold. Very, very cool that there's now, you know, a private company starting to work on code for Beanstalk and propose it as a BIP. And uh, one thing to add is that root has been generous enough to fund uh, a six-month agreement with Beanstalk uh, to, with Halborn to continue to audit Beanstalk. And the result is that uh, BIP24 will be audited by Halborn prior to proposal, is our understanding. 
might might be a conflict of interest there, Publius. We'll see, brother. <laughs> With regards to uh, root funding the Halborn retainer. That's more of an inside joke. Sarcasm, sarcasm. Oh, apologies. I'm uh, I'm out of touch with the inside jokes. I guess. I think the the, the next question was uh, how is the Halborn agreement? Uh, and I I believe uh, Publius, you just gave a summary uh, where uh, manifold. Uh, the, you 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 had a call with uh, Halborn today. Uh, maybe you can give an update if there is anything else other than what Publius uh, shared. Sure. So, you know, there's, there's two different, uh, two, two different, um, you know, aspects of the Halborn agreement. One is the, you know, retainer um, to continuously audit um, any new code. Um, and another is the Seraph agreement. Um, and so uh, we're making good progress there. Um, you know, in particularly on the Seraph agreement side, there's still some open questions um, that, you know, we're working through and hopefully we can get uh, cleared up in the, in the near future. Um, but it's a, it's a new, you know, it's a new product, it's a new service from Halborn. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the first of its kind. So, you know, typically when you're working through legal documentation for something that's new and novel, um, there are some sticking points that, you know, you got to sort through. Um, and so we're kind of in that phase, but hopefully within the next day or so, uh, we have it cleaned up and signed. Thank you, Manifold, uh, for the update. And to add to that, there's so much that once Halborn is retained for them to work on. So there's a couple projects. One is uh, what uh, Manifold suggested with BIP24. Uh, the hope is to have the UI audited such that it can quickly be open sourced after the, the UI audit is complete. And then we'd like to also have Halborn uh, start a complete re-audit of Beanstalk from scratch uh, as sort of a continuous uh, auditing process. So uh, there's lots of good activity for them to be working on, and we're excited to get that uh, relationship uh, back up and running after a, a brief reprieve since they finished the audit. Yeah, and, and the front end uh, going uh, open source is, is a big step um, for, for the protocol in general. Next question is how many devs are currently working uh, for the DAO? Uh, it's it's a bit uh, unclear to give you an answer now, just given that there are still people who are contributing uh, to Beanstalk who aren't uh, hired. Uh, but officially, the only ones who are hired right now are uh, the ones who had uh, uh, proposals uh, uh, passed. Uh, now that, that the budget is passed, expect that we will have like more, more contributors uh, being onboarded. Um, next question is, and, and, and Publius, feel free to add on um, anything there. Yeah, I, I would say as a great example of that, had a nice call with Maltese and Beanjoyer today, and they've been hard at work uh, upgrading the pod marketplace and think that another thing that uh, will be ready for Halborn uh, in the next couple of weeks for them to start auditing will be some major upgrades to the pod marketplace and think that, that the structure of the pod marketplace as it's being worked on is uh, really cool in general. And God willing, will be a template for uh, lots of different other markets that are built on top of Beanstalk. So very excited for the work that they've been up to. And uh, it's hard to define. Are they working for the DAO? Are they, you know, it, what, what are people's relationships to the DAO? Hard to say, but lots of different controls on all different parts of the stack at the moment. So uh, pretty, pretty incredible, the, the amount of output happening from lots of different places. 
like the root developers are also separate. So very cool. When can we expect a variable API on the website? Uh, don't think I'm the right guy to, to, to answer. Chad, feel free to answer it if you, if you would like to. I might have a bit. Okay, next question. Can you explain how convert works? What happens when you convert when the price is above one or, or below one? So in practice, the way convert works is it changes the, the ratio of your position of beans and LP tokens within the silo. So LP tokens are a portion bean and a portion of assets that are not beans, whereas deposited beans are entirely beans. And so when the price is too high, you can convert your beans into LP tokens, which are part beans and part not beans. In order to get the part that's not beans, beans are sold. So when converts happen above the peg, uh, beans are sold and by the protocol and converted into LP tokens. Whereas when the price is below a dollar, uh, beans don't need to be bought. Uh, and, and in practice, the, the thing to note about Curve is uh, Curve supports adding LP tokens adding liquidity on either side. So it's not that beans are actually sold into, into non-beans, in this case, three-curve, but uh, in practice, the conversion has the effect of lowering the delta B in the pool. So in practice, the beans are just added to the liquidity pool. And then vice versa, when the price is too low, uh, beans are just removed from the pool. So you have these LP tokens that are a ratio of beans and three curve. And when the price is too low, that means there's too many beans in the pool. And so when you convert LP tokens to beans, beans are just removed from the pool. So at its base level, a convert is just adding beans to the pool or removing beans from the pool. All right. Chaikete asks, the idea of having grown stock is to retain um, uh, or to introduce an opportunity cost uh, for those who want to exit the silo. Given that unripe assets are anyways uh, vested and have high, a high penalty, why still uh, reward them with ground stock? So the concept is that unripe assets should continue to function as normal deposits with the exception of the goal being to prevent the, them functioning as exit liquidity. So the top uh, percent is designed to highly align the incentives between those purchasing fertilizer, effectively recapitalizing the unripe assets and those with unripe assets, where if you have unripe assets, the value of the unripe assets may be increasing as fertilizer is sold, but you're not able to sell against those people that recapitalized until they have been paid back as fertilizer fertilizes sprouts. So it's a question of incentive alignment, but there's no reason to additionally penalize those, those people with, uh, with revitalized stock and seeds and unripe assets because of the fact that they uh, had assets in bean stock before the, the exploit. Next question asks, what's the relationship between the bean three curve pool and the amount of fertilizer sold? Why, why does the amount uh, of fertilizer uh, changes uh, when there are changes to the bean three-curve pool? 
So it's not that the amount of fertilizer sold changes. It's that the amount of fertilizer that can be sold uh, will change. Now, the, the concept is that the, the protocol is trying to recapitalize the $77 million in liquidity that was stolen from the protocol. But in practice, the way that it was implemented is that it's uh, l- looking to recapitalize a fixed amount of uh, LP tokens. Now, the amount of LP tokens that uh, the amount of fertilizer that needs to be sold in order to create the right amount of LP tokens changes as the ratio in the pool changes. Does that make sense? Yes. And uh, if, if that wasn't clear, uh... Please like ask us and we'll follow up or expand on the answer. Next question asks, what are the priorities for the Beanstalk, for Beanstalk farms and maybe Beanstalk the protocol in general for the next uh, three, to, three to six months? So there's lots of different good stuff going on. And recently had a call with uh, a lot of the people at Beanstalk farms to try to, to try to get an understanding of that as well. And it seems like there's a lot of different work happening uh, on the UI to get it fully up to speed and add all of the functionality uh, uh, for the new version of Beanstalk and similarly getting the subgraph up and running to support the UI and having both the subgraph migrated to the decentralized graph uh, network and having the UI code open sourced after an audit. Those are major projects happening at the moment. Uh, additionally, uh, there's a lot of work happening for uh, protocol development at Beanstalk Farms, uh, particularly the, the, the starting to work on the decks, the converts associated with that, and all of the necessary support around that. And then there's a lot of different work happening to organize with Halborn, the, the Seraph BIP, uh, putting together the, the playbook, as Seraph calls it, around uh, that structure and getting that up and running. And then as well, trying to coordinate uh, a lot of different stuff with the, the different participants in the, the Beanstalk ecosystem, like Root, uh, like uh, some, of the, some of the permits that hopefully Beansprout is going to work on. Uh, a lot of different stuff for Beanstalk farms to sort of coordinate to make sure that everything is up and running and that the, the UI is functioning as well uh, with all these changes happening. So lots of different moving pieces to coordinate. And perhaps I'm not the best person to, to speak on this. Perhaps some of the people on the Beanstalk Farms Council uh, want to come up and talk about what they view as the priorities for Beanstalk Farms. A follow-up to that question is, in specific, what about business development? I, I think Ruth has a lot to, to, to add to that. I think Beansprout is really going to hopefully continue to be the hub for that and uh, function as a, a seed or incubator for lots of different projects and businesses to start to build on top of Beanstalk. So uh, Root was a, a great example of the success of Beansprout last, uh, I almost said last year, but prior to the, the, the exploit and prior to the replant and Root continues to, or, or has started to really pay dividends uh, for Beanstalk and is, is evidence that the funding of Beansprout is has been very productive and hopefully uh, other projects will start to grow out of, out of beans brown as well. Totally. And I can, I can add a little bit to that um, at a more granular level. So, you know, there's, there's really 
I, I like to bifurcate it in terms of, you know, on-chain and off-chain development. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we are certainly looking for entrepreneurs and developers who are looking to build protocols or additional utility on-chain for beans. Um, that's, that's incredibly healthy and it's, it's needed to drive demand, um, but also equally as interested in the development of a BDV economy that you know, potentially has real world assets or underlying cash flows for businesses that are off chain, uh, in which these assets or businesses, you know, operate a portion or all of their books, hopefully in beans. Um, and, you know, I think both of those things are equally important. And so hope, hopefully over the next, you know, three to six months, we make significant progress there um, and can fund and support and provide resources to teams and individuals um, who are, you know, entrepreneurial and want to go out and, and you know, operate within uh, the, a BDV economy. Um, and, and that's really, uh, in my opinion, what starts to make this economic engine really tick. Thank you, Manafort. Any plans to make beans cross-chain? So thinking, the thinking at the moment is that the development of Beanstalk will continue to happen on Ethereum mainnet for the foreseeable future. Uh, the concept is that over time we could see Bean itself or a version of a, a fungible deposited asset being bridged to Ethereum layer twos. But beyond that, uh, no plans at the moment. Cross-range stuff is really difficult. and at the moment focused more on on upgrading and continuing to improve the the main, main economic model of beanstalk Amir Hadadberry asks um, so he's a bit wary or not sure about pursuing a prediction market uh, and hopes that we have you know more discussion uh, about that um, so the, the prediction market will be run by root which is you know a private and independent uh, uh, company uh, but maybe, maybe Publius, you can uh, share a bit of your thoughts on what the prediction market would be like on, on Beanstalk, and then Manifold, you can also talk about you know, how independent that is from, from Beanstalk. So there's a couple things to be said. One is that there's no reason to be wary of pursuing anything on top of Beanstalk. I think in general, we should be encouraging of experimentation and development and uh, in development in a transparent way. And the hope is that the cream will rise to the top. So in general, I think being wary of development is not, not, not the right attitude. Now, with regards to prediction markets in particular, uh, we do happen to think that it's a very attractive uh, thing to build on top of Beanstalk in the short term because people already have silo positions collecting yield and then the ability to use those silo positions to bet on different things, whether that's Beanstalk interest rates or uh, Sunday football, uh, that's a very compelling thing to do, given that there's no opportunity costs associated with participating in those markets. So if you look at the current structure of on-chain prediction markets, their main problem is a lack of liquidity, which we believe is from uh, opportunity cost associated with providing liquidity. But if you create the prediction markets on top of the silo, there is no opportunity cost associated with markets and therefore it should be able to attract a significant amount of liquidity. And that's, that's also why the pod marketplace development and starting to develop really sophisticated order books uh, is, 
is is an exciting piece of development as well because there's going to be lots of different sophisticated markets hopefully built on top of this thing and and you know agree with all that um hodelberry a couple comments that i would add um is that you know we're 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 dealing with permissionless on-chain technology um and so you know kind of like publius mentioned uh, really anything can be developed by anyone on top of beans um and so you know there's nothing really stopping anyone or any entity from from pursuing or developing a prediction market um and so you know again we think that it's it's something and you know uh worth pursuing for for all the reasons that publius mentioned um but also notable is that um, you know, Beanstalk Farms or Beanstalk isn't investing anything into it from a development perspective, from a financial perspective. Um, the sole purpose really of these prediction markets at a high level is, you know, to facilitate demand for beans um, because we think it'll be a good product. Um, so hopefully that, you know, helps ease some of your concerns. Uh, but just thought I'd add that. Thank you for the answer. X added, uh, asks if there is like a default day rate uh, or a fee for contributors, uh, thinking that why, why would we have some contributors like paid and others who, who, who aren't yet? So right now, no one is, is, is paid, uh, excited. The, the proposals that have passed were passed uh, for, the, for the Beanstalk Farms Committee, uh, where anyone, anyone can you know, propose to be on the Beanstalk Farms Committee, but the idea of the committee is for it to be able to then hire uh, contributors. So now that the the uh, uh, budget uh, passed, expect you know everyone who's not working yet two and a half more two and a half well two more hours just under two more hours but hopefully they will they hopefully. will pass. yeah when if it hopefully uh, or when it hopefully passes uh, then uh, Binsock Farms will be able to onboard you know uh, the other other contributors so that they're all all paid so right now no one is is being paid but in the future hopefully everyone contributing to Binsock will be paid. With regards to a grant, there is a community grant program that uh, hopefully will also be introduced on on passing of the of the BIP, and then that will be you know uh, uh, have more of that of that free let's say uh, uh, fee or data rate based on like uh, uh, um, on on basis projects let's say. A question on why are unripe assets allowed to be converted? The concept is that the liquidity in the unripe assets is locked within Beanstalk. It can't be withdrawn or sold, or, or the vast majority of it can't because of the top rate. But nonetheless, it's either liquidity or beans. And the people that are, uh, let's call it, stuck in the silo, those people are highly uh, incentivized to help maintain the peg because the more that Beanstalk... Uh, is able to maintain the peg, the more likely it is that they get paid back. So it's it's highly aligned for those converters to be able to help participate in peg maintenance. Sarochad asked uh, answered. I mean, the earlier question about uh, having a variable uh, API uh, on the UI, and um, his answer is that generally speaking, the the minimum uh, uh, number or days that we want to show an average for is thirty days. So just given that you know Beanstalk unpaused, we don't have uh, that that much data to to show. So after thirty days, we might hopefully see an API on the on the UI. Binology asks why did the pod line go from six ninety uh, uh, million to uh, seven hundred and forty five on April nine? 
because he didn't see a big uh, price dip uh, or anything like that. Uh, he feels like he missed something, and I think you did indeed miss something, Vinology. We kind of touched on it earlier on, but Publius, you might give uh, a quick answer. So this was uh, the result of the season where there was uh, the LP removal of 2.5 million beans or so, and the result was that the time-weighted average price for the season was significantly below a dollar, and uh, even though the price wasn't significantly below a dollar, the delta B was something like minus 200,000, and therefore there was a significant amount of pods issued. Uh, that, that goes to our comment from earlier that perhaps uh, using some sort of minimum between the current delta B or something close to it and the average over the season is a better way to, to issue soil. Benjamin asks, um, um, and th this this is more of a topic that has been discussed. You got to finish the name. It's a great name, Mod. Come on, <laughs> Benjamin Stalken. It is uh, it is a good name. So uh, Benjamin Stalken asks, uh, and that's that's a topic that has been discussed in other channels. Uh, which the overall topic is how can we reduce uh, beanstalk's debt? Uh, and in this example, it, it says what we can do is. Uh, have pod holders exchange, you know, their pods for a certain amount of stock uh, that's, you know, minted minted by by the silo, let's say, or the protocol. W what do you think about that, Publius? So, as a principle, there's no stock that's ever issued without beans associated with it, and therefore, probably doesn't make sense to do that. Uh, separately, the it, it is interesting to think about other ways for bean stock to minimize its current outstanding debt obligation, but it's hard given the nature of the first-in, first-out structure to really do that, and uh, trading trading pods for stock isn't very active because of the fact that stock is currently only issued if there's underlying BDB. This question follows up on his business development uh, question, and he says that it seems most of business development is outsourced or, or aspirational. So, so there is... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Maud. Um, so I guess what I would say to that discourse too is, you know, uh, when you refer to outsourcing, um, you know, what what I uh, in my head imagine is, you know, independent teams and entrepreneurs building on top of Beanstalk and or denominating portions of their balance sheets or all of their balance sheets in beans. You know, consider the U.S. dollar. You know, there's healthcare businesses running on U.S. dollars. There's real estate businesses running on U.S. dollars. There's agricultural businesses running on U.S. dollars. Um, and all of these businesses are, are privately owned entities and entrepreneurs uh, that are independently uh, incentivized and, and aligned uh, to build. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about building a BDV economy, uh, it's certainly aspirational. You know, uh, in my opinion, I think Beanstalk is the most aspirational pro uh, project in crypto today. Um, and, and so, you know, I think you're spot on. It's absolutely aspirational, but, you know, we're trying to merge, you know, aspirations with reality here. Um, and that's really the only way that, you know, Beanstalk, which is a credit-based issuer of fiat money, is successful in the long term and grows sustainably with real underlying cash flows, with real on-chain usage um, that, that is sustainable. Um, and so, you know, in terms of the biz dev strategy, you know, any entrepreneurs, businesses, or teams 
that want to work on top of Beanstalk, build businesses that denominate, you know, portions of their books and beans, et cetera, are all welcome with open, wide arms. You know, we want to work with you. Our message is clear. Uh, you know, we, we want, you know, hopefully by this time next year, you know, there's a hundred independent teams working in and around Beanstalk. Hope that answer it, uh, answers that uh, discuss too, and, and feel free to follow up on that if, if, if it's not. Excited asks a question, and I'm not sure if I understand Just it. Uh, real quick, based on the, the chat, uh, I was mistaken, and the, the withdrawal of LP of $2.5 was not on August 9th. Uh, it was after August 9th. There was a separate period on August 9th where the... the the Delta B was negative and Beanstalk issued a, around a million uh, new soil based on the chat, but uh, got, a, got a little confused with the dates there. Apologies for that. That will be me too, because I, I thought he was referring as well to, to that uh, incident. Excellent asks, and I'm not sure if I, I understand you correctly, which is what impact does the Ethereum upgrade have on, on, on Beanstalk? As far as we understand it, not too much, particularly given that there's no Bean ETH pool. Uh, perhaps it would be a little bit more interesting if there was a Bean ETH pool and then Beans on the, the fork, the proof-of-work version of, of Ethereum had uh, had some liquidity against it, but it seems like the Beanstalk... Uh, that will thrive will be whatever chain uh, the three curve has value on. So therefore, uh, the assumption is the proof of stake chain will will be the one with value. And it is just worth saying that the, it's a suboptimal situation to be in, uh, that the chain that Beanstalk lives on is sort of at the, the decision of other entities and centralized entities. But uh, over time, perhaps as Beanstalk scales, stockholders will have more of a, a say in these types of decisions. Tyler asks if Beanstalk has any plans um, to attract more liquidity. Well, I think Beanstalk, and in, in general, the plan is just to, to continue to create utility by being at PEG and over time, hopefully businesses are attracted to start using and building on top of Beanstalk uh, because of the positive carry of beans. So slow and steady wins the race here. Nasdaq wanted to follow up on, the, on how you know, the Delta B works. Uh, so the Delta B is time-weighted. Uh, and given that we, you know, in, in some seasons, we are at peg uh, towards the end uh, of the season. Yeah, so Delta, the Delta B uh, for the minting of beans and soil is time-weighted over the course of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if, if there is a question, Nasjak, but yes, uh, it is, it is time-weighted. Okay, I think we are at the end of the, the town hall chat uh, questions. Uh, if anyone else has uh, another question or any question that we didn't cover, please feel free uh, to drop them. Publis, I wanted to go back to the earlier question, which was, you know, reducing debt uh, uh, or the, the idea of reducing debt. So maybe maybe reducing debt through um, stock is not a good idea. 
what what about reducing that in general or, or having like some uh, that buyback program is, is this is this beneficial to beanstalk do you think or you know beanstalk doesn't care just given that the debt is always you know doesn't have a maturity date so in theory it's it's good to reduce debt but in practice not sure how it would actually be done so the main issue is that the pods are redeemable for one bean each and so the question is if if Beanstalk is going to now borrow beans to pay off pods, Beanstalk, if it borrows more than, if it has to issue more than one pod to borrow a bean, i.e. pay any interest, then its total debt level is going to increase. And given that none of this debt has a maturity date, there's no reason for Beanstalk to really roll that over. So perhaps the the only thing that might be interesting is if Beanstalk had some sort of bid uh, on the pod marketplace where it was always willing to buy pods at some sort of uh, premium relative to the current temperature. So, you know, let's say right now the temp is something like 5,400%. Uh, therefore, Beanstalk is willing to buy beans on the secondary market back from anyone for less than one and a half cents which then one and a half cents uh, per, per, of beans per pod, which therefore it's like, and perhaps Beanstalk would only be willing to do that when the price is above one. So therefore Beanstalk is, uh, maybe, maybe it doesn't even need to happen only when the price is above one, but the concept is that would be a way for Beanstalk to reduce its debt level. But uh, other than that, not sure, not sure uh, what there is to do there. Okay, and and this idea can continue uh, developing. Uh, maybe as more more and more people discuss it, we we might come up with uh, a better version of it. Okay, I think I think we're at the end of the of the town hall questions. Publius, as always, thank you for your time uh, answering all of these questions, and thank you manifold for coming on stage and also you know answering and taking taking on these questions. Thanks for hosting, Mod. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for, uh, for everyone for joining, and see you next week.